Welcome to Attached, a podcast about the loved ones we're attached to and the good, the bad, and the ugly advice about those relationships that maybe we shouldn't be so attached to. We here at Attached want to share ways to enhance your relationships and debunk all of that bad relationship advice using science. Science! <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> I'm Dr. Patricia Robertson out of the University of Tennessee. I'm Dr. Jacob Priest from the University of Iowa. And I'm Dr. Sarah Woods, UT Southwestern. Today, Jacob is going to bring us something interesting in pop culture. I'm I'm just certain of it. I, I'm relying on you, Jacob. Then Again, setting the bar way too high for me. <laughs> then in the academic deep dive segment, we're going to discuss the academic article, Do Shared Self-Expanding Activities Have to Be Physically Arousing? I'm pretty sure that's not about what I think it's Ow. about. <laughs> And in good or bad advice, we're going to discuss a whole myriad of things. We have advice from listeners. We have topics about how to cope with COVID and some quotes from some TV shows that we'll deem as good or bad advice. As always, if you have something you want us to talk about in good or bad advice, please send it in. You can leave us a message at 865-229-6775. Email us at attachedpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet or Instagram or Facebook us at Attached Podcast. And also consider becoming a member at patreon.com slash attached podcast. Before we get to all of that epic stuff we are doing today, how are you all doing? All things considered, I'm doing all right. So I think the two of you know this, but our audience probably doesn't. Last week, I got the official letter from the Board of Regents here in Iowa that I have been promoted to associate professor with tenure. <gasps> the crackers won! I, oh. I did not know that. Oh, oh my gosh, congratulations! Thank you. Yay. It's really exciting. Oh, um, yay. But... I, to all the listeners out there who aren't really, like, familiar with the whole uh, promotion and tenure thing in academia, it's really, like, a big review that happens, and then they decide, hey, here's some job security so you can study what you want. But it's really based on your academic record, and I really need to point out the, to the two of you for all <laughs> of the collaboration, support, like, if, if you look at my record... Um, Sarah and I have been doing research together for 10 years, which is crazy to think about. And so I think half of the publications I have Sarah's names on them and a fair number Patricia's on. So I, this is an exciting event for me, but really without the two of you, it wouldn't have been possible. So I am very indebted to you. Um, and so thank you very much. Congratulations. That's phenomenal. Well-deserved. Yeah, but, you know, other than that, we're just trying to survive COVID. <laughs> Enjoying the sunshine when, when it's out there and um, baking more frequently than usual, which is a good and a bad thing. Woods, what's, 
What's going on? Uh, I believe. What's going on? I believe a few episodes ago, I suggested that I was going to plant a bunch of seeds in terms of like some doomsday preparation. (laughs) That's Um, true. You did. And And our listeners, our listeners will be thrilled to know that about fifty (laughs) percent appear to be making it out of the initial planting that's um, um that's a bigger deal than tenure like i could not grow 50 percent of my vegetables so well so so to be clear they're all about an inch high and then i have to successfully get them from where they are on my windowsill yeah. into the actual ground you'll do it you'll nail um, it i usually lose about 75 percent in the transition um but <laughs> i'm just very curious about your process of transitioning then do you throttle them well, before you put them in the ground so so because I start them in like this little like dirt starter things I never quite understand do you try to remove them out of fat and then put the, I think you're supposed to just put the whole thing yes. into the ground yes yes but yes. you're also supposed to thin them right so the back of these little seed packets <laughs> and not actual like science or knowledge of gardening just the seed packets tell me <laughs> that you're supposed to like thin them you're supposed to take a plant out of every three years, you know, like, so they have even spacing and they don't overcrowd or something and then yeah. die. But I get too attached to them and it just feels like plant murder. I can't, I've never once seen them. Do you and name them? They, do you name them? It just feels so off. Like, how do you choose, right? And then like, you pull one and then the, it just, and you, it just is going to die automatically. So I just like to put them all on the ground and decide nature will take its course. But nature does take its course. They all die. <laughs> so, um, so it, it uh, it's where I'll lose them. It's where in the next week. At least you're preparing mentally for that. <laughs> yes. Well, I have to prepare my daughter because she helped with the seeds. And I feel like if, if, they don't, if we don't have some that make it, it really could be a, another coronavirus stressor we don't need. So, <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Amazing. I have been, for no real reason other than just boredom, I have been trying a couple of um, fad things. Mm. So... The first one I've been trying is the hashtag no poo. Have you guys heard of this? No, 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 I have not. I told my sister, who's a doctor, a medical doctor, and she was like, <laughs> I said, I've been doing hashtag no poo for five weeks now. <laughs> she said, she said, Jesus, do I need to send you a prescription? What the hell is going on with your body? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Let me explain. So it's this thing where you don't shampoo your hair. Instead, you use oh. rye flour to wash your hair. And it helps your hair. My hair is very, naturally very, very frizzy. So I heard that it's helpful for, for frizzy hair. And yeah. I actually don't hate it. Let me tell you some lessons I've learned. Wait, 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 One. wait. Back up a little bit. What? For those of us who don't know, what is rye flour? Is that like rye bread? Yes, it's the flour okay. that comes from rye. I don't know. Don't look oh, at me like I don't. I should know this, Sarah. I'm not a botanist. Oh, that's not my face. My face is why she decided that this was a trend that she should try. Because in a time, not only is it just b- bananas and definitely not, definitely not based in science, but also in the time of Corona where we can't even find yeast or food to eat, she's taking the flour and putting it out her head. So that that was my face, Jacob. That yeah. Was fair points these are all fair points but anyway some lessons i've learned in case any of our listeners want to try it they don't (laughs) 
is oat flour, not the same. Dark rye flour, no, no, because it's the husks are in there, and so you just look like you have dandruff for the next oh two days. Oh my god! So don't recommend that. It has to be the white rye, not regular flour, like wheat flour, because that'll just get gloopy in your hair. So listen, I'm really happy with my decision and how it's turned out. Stop. Wait, so wait, so wait. Are you, you're not obviously washing your hair in the shower, because otherwise, yes, I mean, you'd, I am. no, stop it. You're going to need a plumber in the times of Corona. You can't have people coming in the house. No, 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 oh. it's fine. It's not like it oh. bakes in your shower. It's rifle. I mean. Yeah, but like, couldn't it like, yeah, I'm with Sarah. That's, so let me, okay, let me tell Okay, so you I'm don't just this, put I'm the rye flour. I'm bad advice. This is <laughs> yeah, bad advice. Yeah, really. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> it's not like you just put dry rye flour on your head. You make it like a slurry so it, it becomes like a shampoo-y consistency. And then you put that on no, your head. No, it doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't help. That doesn't help. Well. I'm so glad that you guys are so supportive and my decisions. <laughs> just like just like your sister, I want to send you a prescription, but not for constipation. That's right. A different kind. A different kind of prescription. Oh my god, look how glistening my hair is, you guys. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally amazing. <laughs> she took her food her food obsession to a Yes, yes she did. I know how to like find good friends. Levels. Like good friends, we give you real feedback. You wouldn't want us to just <laughs> just we don't smile want, like, enough. Sycophantic friends, right? right? If you, you guys were, like, real... if you guys were completely silent, I would be very worried right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh Jesus, what's going on? First up, popping culture. We learn about relationships from our friends and family. But a lot of what we think about love and relationships and family come from what we see in pop culture. For the first segment, we always like to take a moment to highlight events in pop culture that influence people's lives and how we view relationships. Jacob, what do you have for us this week? Well, to start out, I have some bad news. Oh, my gosh. I mean, COVID-19 has taken a lot from all of us. True. But it is also now taking... Bachelor in Paradise, the new season of The Bachelorette, and Love Island, UK, and Australia, and potentially US, off of our summer rotation. So I know that there's many people out there who just listen to this podcast for the hot takes on reality television. Like, Uh they come for the hot takes, and they stay, you know, for the research. But I just want to point out that there's probably going to be more scripted television in the future that I talk about because I can't spend my time watching reality television anymore. So I'm so sorry, but I'm also very grateful. <laughs> it feels like COVID hasn't taken anything from us. It's just giving. <laughs> it's all in a perspective. You're right. Uh, well, it's taken from me. You're right. And, and we're sorry for that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. But anyway, today... And for all the people... And we're sorry for all the people from whom it has taken real things. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> that's on. probably more real. Probably. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Sarah Woods. I just want to keep our listeners past minute five. So. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Too late. But I do want to talk about one of my favorite scripted series on Netflix called Ozark. Have y'all watched Ooh. this? 
no, but Netflix no. desperately wants me to. Yeah, I'm sure it does. That and Tiger King. If you haven't watched Tiger King, we'll talk about that no. soon. But yeah, I no. will not watch that. I'm so oh, you need to watch Tiger King. <laughs> Do not recommend. <laughs> so good. So good. But Ozark is about the Bird family. And the husband in this relationship, his name is Marty Bird. He's played by Jason Bateman. His wife is played by Laura Linney, and her name is Wendy Bird. So I'm going to try not to provide too many spoilers, because if you haven't watched it, it's really good television. It's been a while since I've watched the first two seasons, but I Mm. do want to talk about the third season and what I think Ozarks demonstrates really well. Some kind of background... uh, Marty and Wendy used to live in Chicago where he was a financial planner and she used to be involved in politics but then stayed home to raise their two kids. Um, Marty as a financial planner has actually been laundering money for a drug cartel and he comes to find out that the person he was laundering money with had been skimming off the top so the drug cartel came a calling and (sighs) kills his partner and then Marty saves his life by saying hey I can launder even more money for you. In order, yeah, to order to launder more money, they all move to Ozark, Lake Lake of the Ozarks. Um, if you're from the Midwest, you would know all about this, but it has more coastline than California because it's it's a lake that is very indented and I don't know. That's I've never been cool. there, but a lot of people around here go. So more of that great great Iowa uh, promotion. Yeah, yeah. Midwest tourism. Yeah, Midwest tourism. <laughs> we are not just flyover states. Anyway, throughout the course of the first two seasons and in the third season, Marty and Wendy's relationship is really bad. They have a very intense pursue-withdraw pattern where Wendy is trying to pursue Marty to engage with him, and Mm -hmm. he just shuts down and keeps her out. Now, the interesting thing about this really toxic pursue-withdraw pattern that they have is it requires them, in order to sustain their relationship and not get killed by the cartel, they have to triangulate various number of people into their relationship. So first one they do is their oldest daughter, Charlotte, right? They actually have to let her in on this big secret that they're laundering money for the drug cartel, which leads her to having to become what we would call in a structural family therapy vein, a parentified child in that she gets invited and begins to act older and takes on more responsibility than what is developmentally appropriate for. The next thing they do too, and this is- So that could be, is that, so because of the triangulation where two people are fighting and you bring a third person in, a consequence of that is parentifying a child. Yeah, right? They, because they weren't able to communicate directly, they had to triangulate their daughter in there. Right. And because of that, their daughter had to find out, oh, well, we're running a really illegal operation and there's a potential that we could be all killed. So again, a little extreme. I don't think most people who listen to us are laundering money for the drug cartels. But if they are, this might be even more applicable. Or become a member of Patreon. (laughs) Yeah, or that. There we go. That's also a great idea. If you want some ways to effectively launder money, please become a member. Oh, is that not? No. Is that not? Oh, okay. That's what I intended. Yeah, okay. okay. I thought so. So anyway, that is one triangle they they bring in in, on top of this. Then they also, because their daughter requires them, she says, I'm not going to be a part of this family unless, Marty and Wendy, you go to couples therapy. So... But because Marty and Wendy have zero trust for each other and have not communicated, they both end up trying to bribe their couple's therapist, which (laughs) ends up in really negative consequences. And finally, the last triangle that's really apparent 
in season three is when Wendy's brother comes and starts to be a part of the family. Now, his backstory is, is he has a history of bipolar disorder and has been violent. But because of Wendy and Marty's toxicity and distance in the relationship, he becomes the social support for Wendy. And now what's really interesting is that becomes a triangle that solidifies this couple together for most of the season. But at the end of the season, skip a hope forward three minutes if you haven't finished it, at the end of the season, he actually gets kicked out of that system in a very dramatic way, which then brings Marty and Wendy back together, right? So triangle, triangles can have a stabilizing effect, but when you kick right. somebody out, it can also bring people back together. But that's really? not necessarily the healthiest way to do it, as right. is evidenced by what happens to her brother and what happens to Marty and Wendy. So the reason why I think it's important to bring this up is we talk about these patterns all the time, and a lot of time in our own lives, it's hard to see them. But when it's up on the screen and it's very intense and unrealistic, potentially, events that are happening, I think you can see those patterns more clearly. And as you see those more patterns clearly around you, I think you're better able to see them in your own family system, which can then give you a better roadmap on how to do things differently. Nice. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the things I really do like about uh, TV shows and movies from this point of view is it gives you examples of what not to do and patterns that might be easy to see in your own interactions in life. Yeah, it's an entertaining way to learn about triangles, pursue withdrawal patterns, and the problem with toxicity and lack of communication. Under extreme circumstances, especially if you're laundering money for a drug cartel, <laughs> it can be deadly. So if there's a lesson to take home, don't launder money or don't triangulate? Well, don't oh. launder money for the drug cartel. But if you are, make sure you have a healthy functioning relationship. It'll go much smoother. <laughs> okay. I mean, yes. Bravo. That Bravo. is the recommendation here. I love it. <laughs> Now we're going to move to academic deep dive segment and talk about an article titled Do Shared Self-Expanding Activities Have to Be Physically Arousing? <laughs> that is so creepy. You like that reading, Sarah? Is that how it's uh, yeah, supposed no, to happen? It's, it's really going to keep our listeners engaged, so keep going. <laughs> Recently published in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships by Dr. Jennifer Tomlinson of Colgate University and her colleague Aaron Hughes, Gary Lewandowski Jr., Arthur Aaron, and Rachel Geyer. This study examines couples spending time together and the kinds of activities that are most beneficial for increasing love and relationship satisfaction. So the authors and prior research they cite refer to these as self-expanding activities, which are activities that are novel, changing, interesting, fun, and challenging. Not exactly what I alluded to in my reading of it. The idea comes from the self-expansion model, which suggests that people are motivated to enhance what they're capable of by learning new things and to stretch their identity through trying new experiences. Romantic relationships are a perfect opportunity to expand how we think about ourselves and try new things, especially because we start to incorporate how our partner thinks about themselves into our own identities. But 
the novelty of new intimate partners often wears off. And when the newness of the relationship fades, we need to find other ways to expand ourselves. So previous studies have tested the ability of fun new activities to improve relationship quality for couples, like testing obstacle courses as an opportunity for rapid self-expansion. They found that passionate love and satisfaction increases when couples climb over barriers and carry foam objects on their heads together, but not when they ask couples to just like mundanely take turns crawling around on a mat individually, for example. Uh, low key, wouldn't you love all those videos? Uh, I can just imagine like, all right, now what we want you to do is for the next 10 minutes, crawl around on this mat and people just looking like, what the slowly. hell am I doing? Do mundanely. <laughs> But the authors suggest that a problem with these earlier studies is that they don't tease out whether it's the self-expansion piece of the activity or the physical arousal piece of that activity that makes the difference. In other words, do couples feel closer because they're co cooperating with, with each other to do something new, different, and challenging? Or do they feel more positive because they got a bunch of exercise and were really excited to get like sweaty and crawly around on the mat? <laughs> There's a lot of innuendo in this, in the write-up <laughs> of this study today. I know, it's wild. <laughs> And given all the evidence connecting physical arousal with romantic attraction in new relationships, it's possible that arousal, physical arousal, could also increase relationship quality in long-term relationships. So the authors of this paper decided to test what the necessary ingredients are for relationship benefiting, self-expanding activities. So Sarah, how did these authors test their hypotheses about arousal versus self-expansion? <laughs> and I apologize, I said it like that again. Do I? I don't, I don't think no, you're yeah, sorry, I don't, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think so. To be very clear, the research sounded much more ethical than Patricia's crying. And sorry, sometimes they, I just turn into an adolescent for like no good reason. No, it, it's okay, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> It's, no, no, that I maps mean, on to what I know of you. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no, that it's clear. I mean, the prior research involving a lot of like mat work um, feels like real adolescent, anyways. But these researchers were hypothesizing that it really is this self-expansion component of expanding how we see and understand ourselves, and stretching our own identity and what we know to be true of ourselves, and that that's the piece that comes out of new and fun and like interesting novel tasks that should matter more than the arousal, especially for longer term relationships, that when you're doing these new fun activities, that it's the new things you get to learn about yourself and your partner, et cetera, that matter. And, um, and Sarah, and so, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but could you yeah. describe arousal so people aren't thinking the way Patricia's thinking about it? Oh, good, <laughs> yes. Sure. Meaning like physical arousal, like increasing your heart rate, okay, there you go. having some kind of physical exertion, because it, it could be that climbing over all these like foam cushions together with your partner is getting your heart rate up and that that feeling physiologically aroused promotes relationship improvements, which I guess you could take into the sexual realm. To be clear, they did not, but you could. <laughs> Patricia did. Um, Patricia totally yeah. went there. Right. 
Right. These four, by comparison, these four studies I'm about to describe in this paper are going to sound a lot less exciting. Yes, you heard me correctly, four studies. So this feels like a really kind of classic social psych paper where yeah. they do a bunch of studies and pile them into one paper to kind of test this different hypothesis from a few different angles. But I'm not going to drown you in all of the details, I promise. So they first did a pilot study that had 35 couples who were about 33 married for about eight years and they had four game-like activities so they had different four different conditions because they want to test the high self-expansion versus low and the high arousal versus low arousal so you could be for example in a high self-expansion condition that is also low arousal or a high self-expansion condition there's also high arousal so they have four conditions and they all start with a big rectangle and a hula hoop in the middle and so for participants that were in a high self-expansion condition they had them sit on opposite corners of the rectangle and they bounced in i'm already laughing because I, I really do imagine, like, which is more fun, to be the participant and be like, what the hell do I sign up for? Or to be, like, the undergrad managing this project, being like, oh, my God, this is my life. So you're sitting on opposite corners of this rectangle, bouncing an unevenly weighted latex ball back and forth with your partner. And the goal is to catch it. So you have to bounce the ball into the hula hoop, and then your partner has to catch it without it bouncing again and without moving from the corners. And then you move to the other end of the rectangle, and you do it again. And in two minutes, for the high self-expansion condition, in two minutes, you have to make as many catches as possible and you get candy at the end. If Yay. you are also in the condition that is high self-arousal, it's not high self-arousal. Oh, dear. Oh, just high arousal. If high self-arousal, the, the cameras were different turned study. off. Yep. And the thanks, were turned off. thanks. Thanks for the setup, Patricia. Um, if it's high arousal, you are supposed to wear, uh, they wore three pound weights around their ankle and they were told to run as fast as possible versus like no ankle weights and walking very slowly. And for the low self-expansion, they just moved back and forth on the edges of the rectangle for two minutes. <laughs> Which I'm also not saying seriously. Could you, I mean, could you imagine? You're like, I better be getting paid for this. I better get some awesome extra credit. So they found that there was greater self-expansion in the high self-expansion conditions. They People felt like they learned new things about themselves, kind of expanded their identity. And there was no effects of the arousal, but there was not really, it was a pretty small sample. And so what they do next is they do a study with 100 college-age best friends. And again, there's four conditions. And I'm just going to describe this again for you because it's amusing. So the goal now is you have a, a table and your best friends at the other table, about 15 feet apart. There is a collection of random objects, like a crumpled piece of paper, or a credit card, whatever. And you have to carry that collection of objects one by one from your table across the room to your partner's table. And if you're a high self-expansion, you have to try to do this with chopsticks rather than your hands. And if you're in the high arousal condition version of that, you have to wear three pound ankle weights again. <laughs> and you have to promise to run the duration of the activity, including running in place. Um, so it's like terrible boot camp. All to see if it improves your friendship. So they found that people in both the high self-expansion and high arousal conditions reported greater self-expansion after these participating in either of these running doing it while you're running or not and in the high arousal condition relationship self-expansion was especially higher if they did the high self-expansion so if they're wearing ankle weight if they're wearing ankle weights they expand their identity and who how they think about themselves a little bit more but especially how they perceive their partner helps them mm. to do that if they're doing it with chopsticks 
if they've done it in a way that's actually challenging mm-hmm. and requires some creativity. And then their last two studies, they do some survey research with online Amazon Mechanical Turk workers mm-hmm. that are either married and talking about their couple relationship or friends and they consider they rate describe the activities they've done with this person in the last week as either fun interesting challenging exciting dull difficult etc in terms of expansion and or worked up their heart rate was increased they were really exerting themselves so they rated these activities they did in this partnership as either very expanding or not and very arousing <laughs> or not (laughs) so to be clear and the researchers make this point multiple times they have taken out the words of this scale that could be confused for like sexual arousal we have not done that and i did not for i did not foresee that that would happen when i wrote this up and they found that there was an association between how self-expanding the last week's activities were with their reported relationship satisfaction closeness self-efficacy positive affect above and beyond how arousing these activities were. So there are definitely some limitations of these studies. They are a newer way to try to tease this out. But technically, their tasks that I just described for you were, in the first few studies, were definitely still very physical. So it wasn't, it would be interesting to kind of test this with more like a mental self-experience. Tasks that might be more my speed, (laughs) puzzle solving or (laughs) crosswords or something. Yeah, I thought about me running the entire time and I was like, ugh, I feel like I would just get angry about it. Well, so they did have a weird effect in one of these second studies with the friends that they did find a connection between high self-expansion and greater negative (laughs) affect. And all I could think was, you just made these people just super sweaty. All these undergrad best friends like, damn, I just did my hair this morning with rye flour, and now I'm just a hot mess. That's why they're all miserable. They didn't didn't include like, I don't know, general levels of fitness at all. But so they didn't, they didn't test necessarily like other kinds of ways to promote creative thinking and it's all experimental so none of these are activities that we do in real life however what i think is really interesting is that there this is not the first study and there are other areas of the relationship literature that look at how new fun challenging interesting activities done with your partner can potentially improve your relationship quality and what they're looking at here is that it also can expand how you see and understand yourself but then it also expands how your partner sees and understands themselves which they're theorizing then helps you again kind of reverse expand your conceptualization of who you are because you start to incorporate your partner's novelty new identities into your self so kind of like round and round and round we go and i think what is also important is it or maybe i just thought it was important they didn't find very many effects of this physical arousal exertion piece that the ankle weights so it might not take too much like stimulation or exertion to Mm. kind of get the benefits of doing something new and challenging from these self-expanding activities in a relationship so whether or not you are quarantining hopefully you are you might not need to go all out bananas to try something new with your partner friend or romantic and you i don't possess ankle weights personally so i or a hula hoop so or an unevenly weighted latex ball i don't very specific way to describe a ball like what do i know what that is like have i I ever seen an unevenly weighted latex i don't know or is there like some specific social psych mag like catalog where they order all of these like lab products i don't know 
Or is it just like what happens when my dog gets a hold of like a lacrosse ball? Just one side becomes a little bit (laughs) uneven. I'm not, I don't know. But you don't need any of those things because it doesn't need to be that physically demanding. Right. And they're saying theoretically and what they're finding is that this kind of new thing applies to both romantic relationships and friendships. So trying something new and fun and creative could be a way to expand yourself and your relationship. Yeah, I really like this study, Sarah. I thought it was a good find and I enjoyed reading it. I too always have a little bit of hesitation extrapolating results when you have kind of these experimental environments yeah. in which people are conducting that. But what I Definitely. did love is is kind of teasing out those two differences between is it the physiological arousal or is it the self-expansion and really focusing on that self-expansion it made me actually think of an activity that we're doing during covid that was derived from netflix's reality television series the circle so chelsea has organized if you ever watch the circle i talked about the circle on here but you should all watch the circle they have you know you can only interact with people virtually and what they had them do is take a profile picture of East Persian and they had to do a painting of them. So all of our friends in the neighborhood on Friday night, we're all getting together. She drew all these names for us and we have to draw a picture of a friend. So on Friday night, Chelsea and I are going to get together and paint and celebrate our three-year Tinderversary, which is three years ago we met on Tinder. And then on Saturday, we're going to present our portraits of all of our friends to each other via Zoom. So for me, when I was reading that, I was like, oh, this is really a self-expansion activity. It seems kind of, I don't typically paint. I don't consider myself a painter. And I am sorry, Rebecca Miller, who listens to this podcast, who I'm going to be doing a painting of. It's not going to look pretty. But it is a cool way, I think, like you were talking about, to kind of engage in this self-expansion process that I think is going to help kind of us connect more and connect with our friends in this kind of weird, strange time. It's fun. I love that. And you see all these kind of fun tasks popping up all over the internet right now. So Mm -hmm. engaging in those baking challenges, the push-up challenge, like all of those though I guess push-up would be more physical but there's one in particular that I love it's the hashtag no poo hashtag no poo (laughs) no one of my favorite shows is called taskmaster and they have been doing home tasks where the creator of taskmaster will do a youtube video and post a challenge for home people because everybody's stuck at home so that's been really fun to kind of do but they're like silly challenges like turn your bathroom into a place you would want to spend an evening at so like people all of these people around the globe like turn into a nightclub or, or fun just silly things like that this most recent one was do the most extraordinary thing with a pair of pants so i can't wait to see what people do with that they're just silly and goofy but it's also fun to to do and try to be creative and meanwhile my my family has developed a pub crawl that we're going to do within the home <laughs> yes i love that idea <laughs> we just got to pick a room and we're responsible for developing like a thematic drink and appetizer oh God, for that room so love it i love that idea yeah Woohoo! Boo! Woohoo! Yeah! Finally, time for good or bad advice, where we talk about pervasive relationship advice for uh, about friends and families and romantic partners that we see in pop culture or we got from our grandparents or our parents or friends, all of these facts and ideas we have about relationships. So this is the section of the show where we talk about that advice or those sayings, and based on science, mind you, we decide if it was good Good or or bad. bad. 
if you've received some advice or you have seen something fascinating on the TV or a movie that you'd like us to talk about, please send it in. You can leave us a message at 865-229-6775. Email us, attachedpodcast at gmail.com, or tweet us, Instagram us, or Facebook us at Attached Podcast. While you are on the World Wide Web, please like and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review and rate it. It really, really helps us get our numbers up, so we'd appreciate that greatly. And don't forget to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash attached podcast, and become a patron. And when you subscribe, you'll be eligible for some free merch. So today, the good or bad advice is a bit of a hodgepodge, but that's how I like it. You like just putting that rye flour and that all-purpose <laughs> flour and that cake flour Jesus, all together. I am never going to live this down. <laughs> no. But look at my hair. It's so wonderfully shiny and fluffy. Yeah. I really, you, but you have to update us when you have to call a plumber, though. Like, because I really, I just want to hear the story of when you have to explain to the plumber I put flour in my hair for two weeks and I ruined our dream. No, she's going to be like, Plumber, have you heard of hashtag no poo? I mean, and he's going to be like, do you want me in the shower or the toilet? It's not usually what I get called for. (laughs) Okay, so the first up, I have a few quotes from a TV show I have just binge watched. It is a little bit long, but it is called Four Weddings and a Funeral. So good. It's so good. It is on Hulu. Mindy Kaling. It is a perfect rom-com, not too saccharine. And I also love that there are a number of wonderful Easter eggs for like all of the classic rom-coms from the 90s and the aughts. So it's just comfy and wonderful. I loved it. So here are some quotes that some of the characters said about, and I want you to to tell me if you think it is good or bad advice, I guess. All right. That you will find someone who makes you a better version of you than you would ever be on your own, who you'd be utterly lost without. So that's talking about the partner that you should have. I'm going to say bad advice. Okay. And not because I don't think our partners can help us grow and change and challenge us and help us become better. But I think that there is this magical idea that if you find the right one, you will then all of a sudden become this best version of yourself. And mm. you will... Without you'll any just, effort. Without any effort. And you'll just mm. be like, all your bad traits and your weird quirks will just go away. And you're just going to be like self-actualized. And I don't mm. think that is a healthy expectation. Who you are before a relationship is going to be pretty close to who you are six months, a year in within that relationship. Change takes time. Growth takes time. So for me, you're not just going to find somebody who all of a sudden like, boom. Best version of myself. So, bad advice. I'm going to say good advice. Oh, no! (laughs) Yes! I don't think this implies anything about effort, necessarily. But I do think there are lots of kinds of partnerships can affect somebody's mental health and well-being and their just their daily life and their stress levels and all kinds of qualities about relationships that can be negative enough that affect a person's ability to be well or affect a person's ability to be themselves or affects what they're able to bring back to the relationship. And so I I heard this more as when I hear this, it does sound like it could be an evidence-based idea of your partnerships should be on the average 
positive and quality and help you to be happy and healthy. That's not constant. That's not consistent. That's not all the time. And that changes in how it looks and how intense it is over the lifespan. But relationships that make you a worse version of yourself or that negatively affect your mental health enough mm-hmm. are probably relationships that should be considered for maybe off the table. For me, this it makes me think of differentiation theory. There's oh. that idea in differentiation where... As I see you more clearly, my partner, I begin to see myself more clearly. So you are able to see who you are as a reflection in in your partner and the other and the other person. I so can't even I, tell if you're being serious right now. I am. And so that's that's what I was thinking when I. That's a lie. It's a freaking lie. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah hates the concept, the idea. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I just don't think it's a cure-all like you do. I don't think, I don't think it's any, a cure-all. I think, well, but I feel like a lot of your ideas boil down to differentiation. We're going to take a real, we're going to take a real tailspin here. <laughs> this is very much for this the therapist. This is where the podcast ends. <laughs> the therapist of the crew. I won't get too much in the weeds on this. I would, I don't think that everything boils down to this individuality versus togetherness process but i do think that it is the main driver of relationships what do you think about that sarah woods false (laughs) (laughs) i'm just just digging their heels now that was that was bad advice by jacob priest (laughs) (laughs) okay then what is your good advice what's your good advice I'm just I know. Yeah, I mean, do I think it's a main driver of all relationships? I don't think that's where I'd start. I'd probably start a lot of other places. Yeah, but I think this is good advice, what we're referencing here in terms of relationships should not make you worse off than you would otherwise be. And also, I think commitment is important. I think if you would be just totally not notice the absence of your relationship if it disappeared tomorrow... My question to you would be, why are you in it? Like, what is it? How much have you included that other person into your life and how you identify mm. as a person? And Sarah, do you know, I believe that Patricia brings this up every once in a while just to try to yeah. to form a coalition with yeah. me and to triangulate yourself so you don't get invited to all of the <laughs> dance parties that we go to. Damn. <laughs> That was, that was extra oh, me. That was a hit back on me. Bite, bite. I'm not bite. taking any responsibility. I am perfect in this triangulation However, system. In order to be triangled, in order to be triangled, you have to really rise to the occasion and absorb the system's anxiety. And I am more than willing to do that. So <laughs> it's, it's truly on me. Okay, so we are calling this good and bad advice it just depends on your perspective moving on next quote as long as you got that spark nothing else matters you know what i mean like that feeling that maybe if you are separated by time or space or a reality show you'd still be destined to be together i'm going to say bad advice i also love this the reality show art that's in that's in four weddings and a funeral i think it's so funny and so well it's done hilarious but if the spark is the only thing that matters and or the sense of i am destined to be with someone 
you're setting yourself up for some pretty unrealistic expectations. This idea, this notion that having a spark is what is going to sustain you across 50 years, potentially, if you're going to be with somebody that long, I, I don't think that that is the foundation you want to build on. Emotions tend to be like the ocean. They kind of come and go like the tide, right? They it. flow yeah. over us. And this spark, sure, it can initially bring you to someone, but building the relationship is about some of those ideas Sarah was talking about. Positive interactions, oh, commitment, <laughs> growth, individual and as a couple. So if you, sure, a spark is great when you meet somebody, if you feel attracted to them, but don't expect that to be the sustaining factor for a relationship. Bad advice. I mean, I also think it is bad advice. Because We're of... together again and it <laughs> no. feels so good. I just made I intentionally, I intentionally didn't language it that I agree. I just, in addition, <laughs> also <laughs> believe this to be bad advice. Only because, A, I don't think they're necessarily describing a spark. And B, B I don't think it's the fact that nothing else matters. So I think that... And I don't, I don't love the use of the word destiny because I think it plays in that really romantic notion of soulmates, which is utter BS. But I think that if they are talking about some of these ideas I mentioned earlier, like commitment and loyalty, and then I, then I think that those things really do matter in terms of if you're separated by time or space or love chalet, then I actually, this is finally a show I've watched, then those things can still tie you together and keep you together even if there's separation. Absolutely. So bad, bad advice. advice. Yeah. And what I love about romantic comedies is when they said this in the yes. show, the music swelled. I got the yes. feels all in my yeah. heart. And it's okay to feel those feels. It's okay to feel tingly and love that moment. But just uh. know that uh, it doesn't map on well to reality. I didn't That's feel why that. It's in a movie. I heard... <laughs> I heard them say it and I thought, well, oh, that's bullshit. Why don't they go back and correct that? <laughs> no, I just let myself in it and feel it. Like the first quote, it's especially, so much I was better. just like, mm, It's so much better. <laughs> it is a good show, though. Oh, so it good. Is. So some advice our listeners sent in. First, uh, Elisa smiles, too. Her advice that she wanted us to talk about, relationships take sacrifice. I know I've heard this before. So I'm going to end up in the place where I'm most comfortable. <laughs> On the fence. On the fence. On that fence, boy. I like it better when we can add a qualifier to, to this statement. Mm -hmm. Relationships mm -hmm. take some sacrifice. Um, okay. If you are being asked by a partner or family member to sacrifice everything, which I don't think is necessarily what they're taking here. I just like that qualifier for this reason. Then you're potentially in a very toxic, unhealthy relationship. Relationships can and do take sacrifice, but we shouldn't be sacrificing to the extent where we are suppressing our own needs and wants. We are losing a sense of self or identity. We are being controlled or manipulated by somebody because right. we believe that sacrifice and keeping a relationship together is the most important thing. So relationships take sacrifice, but don't sacrifice too much. So... On the fence advice. Okay. On the fence with a caveat advice. So I, I would say it's good advice because I'm not sure we need to really play with semantics that much. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> we brought the spicy woods today. 
I mean, the the advice here is relationships take sacrifice, and Jacob just explained that yes, they do. So <laughs> I think that I think that yes, that is true. Good good advice. And also, another semantic change you might make is they also take compromise, and sometimes compromise mm. can feel like sacrifice, but it is a natural, normal, healthy part of any kind of relationship and sometimes being more intentional about how we compromise and working with someone or with several someones to sort out what might be an alternative way to see, understand, or do things could be helpful. So I'm actually going to take what you just said, Sarah, and say that what you're actually saying is that relationships take sacrifice is bad advice because they actually take compromise. Um. Mm. Semantics. I feel like she's just trying to push my button. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she kind of is. <laughs> Sorry. I, I feel like I shouldn't rise to the occasion. No, don't do it. Oh, so, but the, the thing also I think with this this one is I think there's like a genderedness to this. This relationships take sacrifice. I think it's more often told to women than men about sacrificing for your relationship. Thoughts. Or for your kids. Well, yeah, yeah, for your kids as well, for your family broadly, I would say, yeah. Mm, yes. No, I would agree with that statement for sure. I think that the expectation I get as a man, like if I make a sacrifice or a compromise for a relationship, it gets thoroughly rewarded and celebrated, where oftentimes, at least what I've seen for women, it's just an expectation. Yeah, amen. And the last bit of advice for today by B Walker 4800. Be you. Don't be something you are not just to impress someone. I want to be on the fence again, but I'm not going to let myself. I am <laughs> going to say good advice. Okay. And the reason why I'm going to say that is I think think that what the listener B Walker 4800 is getting at is this idea of being authentic in a relationship. I think that this a sense of self and of who we are is a fluid concept. And different relationships yes. are going to bring out different aspects of our sense of self, right? And I think that's good why we have multiple relationships is because those different parts of ourself, those different parts of our identity can be, you know, can connect with different people in different ways. I also think it's okay to try on new hats and kind of experiment and kind of do that self-expansion like Sarah was talking about in the research. But I do think that especially potentially when trying to impress people or form your like new relationships, there there may be this tendency to try to hide parts of that. And I don't think that that's a strong way to build a foundation. Sure, you can put your best foot forward, but don't p- try to pretend to be something that you're not. I think it kind of, what you're saying kind of alludes to this, it might be social psych concept of behind and in front of the curtain, that there's certain ways that we behave around family members and loved ones when we're behind the curtain. And there's certain ways we, meaning in our family, in our home. And then there are other ways we, we behave when we're in front of the curtain. Yeah, I think that that could that that makes a lot of sense that doesn't mean that those two people are totally disconnected it means that when we take on different roles different parts of our identities are present and we have different behaviors associated with that identity right like if you have an identity as a parent you're not going to talk baby talk to the colleagues you work with (laughs) you know like that might that might not go over so great 
Well. <laughs> what? Woody, 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 what do you think? What's what you like? Woody, Woody, Woody. Wow. Wow. Uh, I feel like there's been a shift in the dynamic that I used to be the one that's getting yeah. picked on, and we've really thrown it on Woods these last couple of episodes, and I'm sorry oh, about really? that. Oh, really? I feel like it was full on me with my hair. <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm <laughs> just sure, deflecting. I'm just passing around all of that, all of the uh, attention and anxiety I've given and giving it all back to you. Thank you. You're welcome. It feels good. <laughs> so I think this is bad advice. Jacob, you said good advice or I bad s- advice? I said good advice. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying bad advice. I'm not, saying bad advice? Not not just to be obstinate. <laughs> but a little bit but to be obstinate. <laughs> I, I love you guys bit. so much. I found, I had to find a reason why it was bad advice to get there. <laughs> I agree No, this is Jacob. science. Yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, this right. is how just... science is done. Yeah, this makes sense. No, Go on. Actually, I feel like it might be. <laughs> I agree with Jacob, that authenticity is very important. And especially if the goal is to like sell somebody on yourself, there's only possibly so long that that's going to last. I don't think it's the worst idea to think about how we work to build new friendships or build new romantic relationships or new relationships in the workplace when we first meet people and think about how we can apply some of those strategies later on in relationships too it's not always a good thing that we turn into the sweatpants of our relationships like <laughs> that we there I love are, that quote I love that quote <laughs> there are ways that we can also fake it till you make it right so I talk about this sometimes with parents of kids that parents can get really frustrated understandably when they hear from teachers that their kids are like fabulous at school all day and then they come home and they're a total disaster and they don't listen on the weekends and they're really rebellious or they're always sitting on the fence it's so disappointing (laughs) oh was that some shade was that some shade (laughs) it was But, but really what I, I listen for is that there are examples there of where your person, your kid, for example, is to showing you that they have the ability to solve their own problems mm. or they have the ability to do something different. And so rather than be frustrated or angry about that, how can we expand even if they are faking it? They, it's showing you that they know what it looks like to be more engaged or to be more polite or to have good listening ears, which is what we use in our house. So I don't think we should totally underestimate the ability of also putting on some of these other kinds of behaviors that make us a little more socially acceptable and thinking about how to stretch some of that to become more natural. So as always, context is important. So last but not least, some wonderful listeners have sent in some advice of how they're getting through this COVID quarantine. And I'm just going to read through all of them to help hopefully give you guys some ideas and you guys let me know if you have any thoughts. So first up, Meryl Fay and Co said, my husband is still working. So we send each other one-ish minute videos updating at his lunchtime. Nice to see his face since I'm stuck at home. Smiley face. Also been having virtual ladies nights with some friends. Love this advice. I've been doing whiskey tasting night with some of my guy friends each weekend. And it's a good time to have that that connection, maybe just out of the side of the people you are quarantined with. At Sly Fox Ba, I am making wacky videos for my friends. I may have made them anyway just for myself, but it felt like a better excuse to say they were for him. 
for them. Uh, Fun. Can can confirm I am on the receiving end of some of these videos. <laughs> and I agree. She would have made them anyways. And also, <laughs> like Jacob just described, I think I feel probably more connected to my friends and family who are at a distance right now because there are more opportunities and we're being more intentional about staying connected. And that includes... Um, well, it's included a lot of weird videos. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, Erin B, full disclosure, this is my sister who is a med doctor. And when I asked her if she had any advice, her only advice was don't hoard milk. Yeah, amen. Or toilet paper for that matter. <clears throat> it took Hashtag us. No poo. Hashtag no poo. We were almost <laughs> to that point, but luckily Instacart came through for us. Nice. Not us. <laughs> Six to eight weeks and counting. Wow. Oh, no. Another one of the benefits yeah. of living in Iowa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure. That is a big selling point. Thanks for listening to Attached. Remember, call us, email us, tweet us about any relationship advice you've received and you're wondering whether to follow or pass on. We cannot wait to talk about it.